Good morning, Baltimore. This your morning cup of coffee. Your afternoon pick-me-up. And everything in between. We got something real special for y'all. If you look to the right, you'll see Sunnyfield Lane, where it all goes down. But we gonna put y'all up on what's going on around here. So let's get to it. Yep. Yeah, yo, this the big boys of B-more. Bring topics to the center like the jersey saying 3-4. Jim, Chewy, Chaz, you ain't gonna need three more. Hometown, shit, land of the birds and what to speak for. Yeah, yo, this the big boys of B-more. Bring topics to the center. All right, welcome to another episode of Big Boys of Baltimore. I'm Jim, that's Chaz. With us sometimes is Chewy. This is a stand-in for him. And uh, today we have a uh, very important guest to us because we, I, I personally listen to him every morning. I, uh, I, I'm a big fan. Like you can't see my chubby right now, can you? <laughs> I'm hoping not. I'm looking right down at it. If you need any enhancement to it, bang. Encourage just you. literally left too. Bluechew.com. Use the promo code Triple B. It won't work. Jeez. But try JSS. That might get you pecker hard. There we go. Awesome. So everybody knows his voice from uh, from the morning show on 98 Rock. We have with us Mr. Justin Slagle. What's up, guys? Thank you, sir. Appreciate the invite, man. We appreciate you just taking time out to, you know, to hang with us bottom feeders. Can I tell you what I appreciate? The fact that there's nothing bottom feeder about this. What am I looking at? Proper sure mics, proper mic arms, proper level checks, proper green screen, proper lighting. But most importantly, right here, you hear that in the background? A show outline. Are you shitting me? Can I cuss on this? Yes, you can. Okay. I've done a couple of podcasts, and usually it's just three guys huffing paint in an alley with an iPhone. One of them's on work release. One of them's dodging child support payments. And one of them's got an iPhone 7. This is like the first show idea I had before we started this one was what he just described. You should not ever do that because that's 99% of podcasts. So when I wandered into the garage here, this temple, I thought to myself, these guys got their shit together. This is way nicer than like so many other podcasts that I've been into. I'm blushing, dude. Like I, I know. I'm like, this wow. is a proper setup. This is a proper broadcast setup. I can't believe Justin Slay was in my house and I didn't have to kidnap him. <laughs> oh, at some point this before awesome. I leave, I will I will go number two in your house and steal <laughs> one of those hockey sticks Upper in the background. Decker, right. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not trying to upset the message. My wife's calling me now. Jesus, man. Push the bitch button. Tell Let's her go. I said hello. No, don't don't do that. All right. So uh so you attended the Broadcasting School Institute in Maryland, right? BIM, they call yeah. it, the Broadcasting Institute of Maryland. It no longer exists. I think it might be a hot tub refurbishment location now. Are you familiar with the building, BIM? No. Off no. of uh, Harford Road? No. Nope. Stone's throw from Valentino's with a clock out front? Okay. <laughs> it was a converted mortuary. They bought the thing from some old like funeral home. To where when I signed up to go there, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see this institute of higher higher learning. I'm not expecting like a Harvard or a Towson, but, you know, maybe like a Loyola. I get there. It's a fucking row home. <laughs> it's a row home in a borderline sketchy part of Parkville. And it was a cool place to go to. But in the production studio, back where they taught you to like edit audio and stuff like right. that, the room that we went in, the audio production editing suite, they called it. It used to be where they kept the crematorium oven, mm. where they cooked the goddamn bodies like so much brisket. They just pulled the oven out of the wall and it just left this big recess. They put a couple of laptops, one microphone, a space heater, and that's where you learn to edit audio. 
I mean, the place was an absolute dump. So is that why your first run at radio didn't work out? <laughs> it, well, it worked out to an extent, but luckily a guy I met there, his name was Bill Riley. Uh, he's my radio professor, sort of my, my Obi-Wan, my, my, my Vader. He was incredible. Half the staff was utter trash. But Riley was actually great. And I think he ended up working at Sheffield Institute. Mm -hmm. he, was an, uh, he was an absolute genius. And he taught a lot of great people. Actually, I think he helped with Robin Quivers, wow. who eventually worked for Stern. Yeah. He was great. The school was an absolute dump. But he was fantastic. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be we in all radio. Need somebody, but, you know, kind of show us the ropes. And, yeah, he and, was the dude. The place right. sucked, but he was incredible. It's like a great coach for a shit team. He was he was amazing. He just happened to work for a shit team, and then he eventually went to Sheffield and he taught a bunch of other great people. So okay, yeah. Well, then you did. I mean, you did stand up for a while too. Uh, so I'll give you the timeline because sometimes people are a little bit confused. I was in radio for about five years. Never did stand up. So you did a couple other stations before that, right? Mm -hmm. Worked the board and stuff like that. I so here's here's how it laid out. I went to the BIM. Went to BIM. I got a job, WYCR WHVR up in Hanover, PA. I worked there for about a year. Then I got a job at the Infinity Cluster in Baltimore, which Infinity became CBS, which became Entercom, which became Odyssey. Okay. And Lord knows what the shit they'll be next year. Mm -hmm. All right. And I worked there off the roundabout in Towson. And I worked for, <clears throat> it was uh, W, Christ, what was it? V103. I then remember. Then B102.7. Okay. Then X1057 Blazing Jams. Then 1057X. And then free FM, and then eventually it became the fan. Like every year, the thing just so kept really, that flipping turned format. into 105.7. It's the, what fan is the fan right now. now. Yeah. Exactly okay, what the cool. fan is right now. So yeah, I worked. I worked at two different places. Actually, three places if you consider. For a while, I was an intern at WCBM 680. So I worked there for a while, and then YCRHVR, and then that Infinity Cluster, and then the reason you know, getting back to your early point, like radio not working out. Every single year at this cluster, it just kept flipping format. So they would blow out the whole staff. They would keep me and like two other people. We'd each work eight hour shifts running whatever automated program. So, but you, you keep three minimum wage, eight hour board ops. So three times eight, 24. And we would just work seven days a week until they hired a new air staff. And then I think when they finally flip to the fan, is when I threw my hands up and said, fuck it. I can't, I can't do it again. Cause every time I would make like headway and get to know the staff and get to know the new manager and get to know the new salespeople and we'd start to build up a rapport and just kidding. We're smooth jazz now. Jeez. Like, okay. Oh, like, cool. so in the shark. Yes. <laughs> it just, it, it just kept Listen changing. to the mellow sounds of the rain. Listen to the smooth sounds of, you know, WJAZ, <laughs> the jazz. And it just kept. Milo's got a shit ton of CDs in his uh right. his office over there. It <laughs> just kept Airheads? changing. Oh hell yeah, God yeah! <laughs> Shout out Air Airheads is shockingly accurate in regards to how radio One of my goes. Favorite, and it, not only because the Brendan Fraser was Chaz, mm -hmm. you know, but you know Adam Sandler kind of that was one of his Steve Buscemi. So Steve Buscemi. Shout out, yeah, awesome. So yeah, that was I was about five years into radio before I tried stand up. Awesome. Yeah. No man, that's cool. Where stand up took you all over the place, though, right? Yeah, stand up. Stand up was weird. Stand up, the way I got into it, it's actually the day that I quit radio a week into them flipping to the fam. I went over to, you ever been to the Frasers on the Avenue in Hamden? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a hipster bar, a bunch okay. of people there, bad BO, denim vests, <laughs> and a bunch of bands that you'll never, that will never make it. 
And I went in there one night and they did uh they had a karaoke night and me and a friend got just shit housed and we were supposed to go do karaoke. I can't remember what I was gonna sing, like Lionel Richie's Hello or something like that. And I went up is and it I me started you're looking is, for it's you're exactly who I'm looking for, Chaz. Get that shirt off. Let me go ahead and breastfeed. And that would have been me earlier today in, in Owings Mills today. Jesus Christ. You guys were feeling it? Was it was so hot. At that BMW dealership, just sweating while no, kind at, of the, at, the, at the golf tournament at BMW in Owings Mills. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like man. brutal, man. I was skateboarding in Glen Burnie with a couple of kids hitting a vape behind in a half the dirty. pipe. You guys were in different places than I were. You were in a BMW golf tournament. I was in a kid that I'm pretty sure was snorting Excedrin and having a great time learning how to do heel flips. He never did one, but I think he's going to get it sometime this year. There you go. But no, I, I that night I did this karaoke night and I was on stage. I was I was I was wrecked and I started screaming about radio and f this place and f this boss and this thing sucks and the host like pulled me off and he's like, don't, don't right. do that. Comedy. You, yeah. You're trying to sing tonight. Okay. Well, I want my songbirds here tonight. Mm. Do that comedy shit on Sundays with this other guy. And he thought I was like trying to do stand up, and I was literally just a drunken rambling mess. Right. But he kind of planted the seed. Like, I think it was might've been a Thursday. I went up and he's like, you want to do that stand up crap? Come back on a Sunday. Well, I, I came back Sunday, on right? Sunday. You got wrecked and came back. Yeah. I, I got a little stoned. I went back. It did not go well. I went back a week later, went a little bit less awful. And then I had a guy there by the name of Jim Meyer that I met who now he's like, the that sounds familiar. That Jim name. Meyer. Yeah. He used to come on 98 rocket bed. Okay, now he's like the voice of like, um, Maryland state tourism. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a lot You're of breast good. milk. He <laughs> said, Hey, there's another gig at this place called Jillian's, which is now Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's in, uh, exactly the same place. Okay. So I started going Sundays and Tuesdays. And I met a guy on Tuesday said, there's this place in Virginia called Wiseacres on Wednesdays. So it became Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And you start to go in this open mic circuit. And then after a while, I'm like a year or two in and I'm starting to get booked on like hosting gigs, five minute gigs. And a few years into it, like I'm doing, I, I hesitate to say stand up full time. But I mean, I'm I'm going for it. And a few years in, I am adequate at best. And that's when I meet people like Mickey and Kirk and Mike Stork and Jim Meyer and Big well, Ben Kennedy and Eric Myers, RIP. I say Wendy's funny. She does. Oh, Wendy's she fucking does hysterical. Thing, yeah. Wendy's amazing. Does she always organize all those things? Oh, dude, Wendy. Yeah. Wendy is good a comic as she is. And she's good. Yeah. She's a better booker business person. Right. Like, you're not going to find a better booker promoter talent person, promoter yeah. Yeah. than Wendy. Like I've had a few agents in my life. I've had some here out East, some out West, but dead serious, dead ass as the kids with the ear gauges, whose moms pay for the cell phone say she <laughs> has probably got me more paid and more booked at better rooms on better lineups than I think any manager I've ever had. I mean, Wendy has her shit together. If she books a room, she fills it, she promotes it and she packs it. So what was your favorite place to like perform at? God, it's yeah, like yeah, man, city, it's, uh, maybe city first or. I used to love. Did any of you guys ever go to the old Baltimore Comedy Factory yes, when above, it was downtown? Above, it was above, above Burks, Burks, yeah, above Burks that, yeah. that fucking temple of Salmonella. Okay, <laughs> but we had the best times in there, dude. Yeah. That place upstairs at I've seen night Mickey there a was couple great. times. Oh yeah, dude, Mickey used to just murder that place. That place was the first place I consider a home club, <laughs> and. I didn't know anything better because I just thought this is what a comedy club is right. where you do one show Thursdays and then Fridays and Saturdays, you do three shows, eight, 10 and midnight. 
and they would sell a $20 admission all-you-can-drink ticket. Oh, we, so, we ate that shit dude, up. People would get fucking annihilated we, in there, and you'd have to fight through. And I was a 21-year-old, so we're just, oh, you yeah, know, we're so not making a lot of money, so. That's perfect. You got all and we night, had a blast. And you don't give a shit who's on stage. No. You're not going there to watch some guy be like, hey, so I bought a computer. No one gives a shit. <laughs> You're just going in there to pay $20, walk in, crawl out, trashed, and that's how I kind of came up. So that was what comedy was to me. People like Wendy, Mickey, others. So then we went to other more normal human. I know who my parents are comedy clubs. We'd be like, oh, this is, this is amazing. Right. Like you should see our home. It's filled with bees. There's <laughs> knife fights. I watched a legit meth addict jack a dude off in the front row. I mean, it was where some guy. Now that's comedy right there. Dude, it was the worst. I had a funny Burke story. Yeah. So we were younger. I'm 21, 22, 23, whatever we were. So like I said, we would eat up. There was all you can drink tickets. Yeah, yeah. So there was a hypnotist there. I can't remember. Was it Rich Guzzy? Yes. Uh, yep. So my wife's cousin is there. And he, I don't know if it was true, real or not, but he was hypnotized. Dude, Rich Guzzy did the damn and thing. And Rich brought him up on stage along with like, four or five other people or whatever and like just like we were just sitting there and and he's having people dance to michael jackson and do this and that and one and and my wife's cousin gets up out of nowhere and looks right at us on it and point i ain't never knock on nobody like pulled a straight dominic toretto from fast and the fury like just out of nowhere it was just the most it was just random Guzzy was funny. funny guzzy was a special attraction he was and good. I like him. They would him. Spe- sell like special tickets. Like if it was twenty dollars to come see me, all you can drink. It was thirty to see Rich Guzzy. Mm-hmm. He would he would fill that place. Yeah, I've I've never been on one of his shows, but I've been to one of his shows. That yeah, DVD, those were a fun that DVD is floating around somewhere because I bought it for, yeah. for 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 Mindy's cousin and I gave it to him. And it's floating around here somewhere. But that was a good show. But yeah, he, Baltimore he Comedy it- Factory in Baltimore was my favorite place coming up. Then once I started to discover like real human. <laughs> Comedy clubs, the DC Improv was great. Now you got Magoobies in Timonium, which it's rules, great. which yeah. is great. And the Younger Brothers run it great. But there's a bun- been a bunch of places all over the country, like God, um, the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee's run by a couple of really cool brothers. I'll, here's here's the trick in radio and in comedy: never work at a radio station run by a failed DJ. And never go to a comedy club that's managed by a failed comedian. Okay. And you'll be great. Mm. Because the comedy cafe in Milwaukee is just run by two brothers who own an Italian restaurant, a couple of pieces of property. They love stand-up, and they, they're great. They just trust the comics to do well, pay well, and all that. Then you go to some place like Snickers in Fort Wayne, Indiana, mm-hmm. with whoever, that dipshit that runs that place, this <laughs> wannabe Johnny Carson failed open micer lords over the place like a bastard that place might not even be in existence anymore and this this guy that would run the place i can't remember his name he would host every show and would just just eat a hog every show the guy was the worst and he would just sit there and talk to you about all his time yeah i used to do coke with sam kittison at this uh you know golf cart dealership and that's when <laughs> me and this girl used to smoke flocka behind this uh, duck pin bowling alley with brian regan like you're you're lying you're lying right to my face you're awful but there's nobody that can tell him there's he's no, no one because he's right. paying he's me in one. two days right. so you gotta be like yeah, yeah. you got it yep. dan man yep. god what's it like being the man it's weird you're just you're here in a town like fort wayne who considers the gas station the mall you're killing it <laughs> yeah. so yeah that was it never work at a radio station where the dj has failed and is now the pd 
and stay away from comedy clubs that old comics used to run. Right. So you toured nationally. Yep. So what was your favorite city to go to and visit outside of, you know, Baltimore, of course. Milwaukee rules. Um, yeah. Milwaukee is awesome. San Diego has got some of the nicest people in the world. I hear that. Like, you go San out Diego, west. San like, Diego, man. You could stab someone and they'd apologize for getting blood on your knife. <laughs> what they are nice. in San Diego, though? Uh, the zoo? Eat weird seafood. Go see Stare the at the women. Gun? Go to the... Yes. Miramar is yeah, there. 100%. Uh, I just hear for, it's beautiful. Like, dude, it's, it's just gorgeous. Like the weather is perfect year round. I went to San Diego in 2011 on Thanksgiving Day and went to the beach. Like I was splashing around in the golden waters of San Diego on Thanksgiving Day. Like it's amazing. And then up north, I used to do these Canadian tours where I would go all over Canada. They called it the poverty tour. And hey. Vancouver, mm-hmm. Vancouver ruled. Vancouver is super nice. Kelowna. Was incredible. Cranbrook might have been one of the scariest places I've ever been to. Papa Doc there? Uh, no, no. I met an oil rigger who. Nobody got that reference. Nope, nope. Eight mile. Yeah. No. Papa Doc, he went to Cranbrook. It was a private school. Uh, no, this is a different Cranbrook. This was run by <laughs> Not a bunch. Detroit. Right. No, no. This was run. This was a town that where the the hotel and the restaurant and the comedy club were all one business. There was nothing else around in the middle of nowhere in February. And you ever, you ever heard of those people, like civilians that they send to Iraq for like four months out of the year? Yeah. Like they run, they, they drive truck. Right. They're like civilian contractors where they my, make. My buddy is one. He went to Cutter and, and Dude, like, they make stupid money for yeah. four months. And they, yep. and they can just drink. He and did it right before his son was born. I exactly. was just with him today. And we were talking about how hot it was. He was like, I haven't been this hot since Cutter. And there you go. A lot of risk, though. A lot of risk. Dude, that's it. You yeah. have yeah, to have like a military training, convoy. Learn how to like shoot a gun properly. How and, to hit the deck when you have some yeah. insurgent like lobbing grenades at you. Or your president's pulling out and they're not taking you with them. Pretty much. Wait, just, wait, 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 wait a minute. We're getting out of here. Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, Cranbrook was an oil rigging town. They're called a rigger town where for four or five months out of the year, they just take 30 or 40 of these roughnecks. They put them in the most Siberian conditions to run these oil rigs. They would do meth morning, noon and night to stay awake because the longer the shifts, the more they got paid. Right. Then they'd come down into town. They would be just tweaked out of their mind. <laughs> and in February, they would it would usually be in the peak of winter or they book Americans like me to be there during NHL playoffs. So they get this twinkish little just just sperm blob like me standing in the middle of their bar being like, so I own a cat. This guy's like, <laughs> and these guys would walk up to me like, we're gonna give you we're gonna right. give you five minutes just to go ahead and sit in the corner and not say shit, or one of us is gonna break your arms, okay? And I'm like, you got it. And he's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have the easiest night of work ever. You're going to go sit at the bar and you're going to stay quiet for an hour. And then you're going to go back to your room. Okay. I'm like, yes, sir. You're missing an eye. Your left (laughs) hand is a hook that you made. And then at the end of the hour, I would go back to my room in dead silence where you'd have nothing to do except take Tylenol with codeine and bug out while watching NHL highlights. I absolutely love the accent, though. Yeah, oh, dude, it's horrifying. So give your t- balls a tug, eh? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead and sit down and not say shit for an hour, right. and you're going to go back to your room. We're going to break your arms, okay? Like, you've got it, sir. All right, Holzer. Thank you so much. You fucking hockey puck. Yes, done. <laughs> done. So, so uh, with the 90 Rock relationship, that began, what, Mickey and uh, Kirk kind of? Yeah, they would go, both of them are pretty accomplished stand-ups, and I would work at the Comedy Factory as like a feature act, which is the middle guy. 
And I started getting booked with other comics. And then I started getting booked with each one of them. And I got booked with Mickey when he was doing afternoons. Mickey and I got booked hilarious. with Kirk. Oh, Mickey's hysterical. And I got booked with Kirk when he was still doing mornings. And then they would each sort of bring me on as a local comic guest. They used to be really good about bringing up local comics. Yeah, I want to like say I, re- I vaguely remember that, like him, Mickey, Amelia, and Spiegel. Like, yeah. I remember, I just vaguely remember hearing yeah. Justin coming on. Again, right, and yeah. then, you know, and, and they brought me on when I was an afternoon, when they were in afternoons, when it was Mickey and Amelia who they brought down from nights to take on Don and Mike and pretty handily took care of Don and Mike when they were syndicated to Baltimore. Okay. And then eventually Kirk and Mark jumped over to the fan and they put Mickey and Amelia down on the fan. Mm -hmm. And I was just always sort of filling in or as a guest, they were really good about having local comics like myself, Pete Eibner, Doug Powell, Eric Myers and others. And um, I made it real clear when I was there, like, you know, I got into standup because radio went sideways Mm -hmm. only. If you ever need anything, overnights weekends fillings whatever yeah. like i made it real clear i'm like, your guy day yeah. two like listen I, I this is great I'm, i love coming up as a guest but i've always wanted to work here in, in radio and then a few years in i started doing fill-in and then shit went south with the night show for a while then i got brought in to do that and then so on and so forth night show to afternoons I, to yeah, mornings i remember when when uh spiegel was on the with the junkies the sports junkies and he would do their news and, and a report or whatever but he wasn't as involved as no he is, wasn't right. he, he got was, in and got out and yeah. they would bust his balls like non-stop yeah I, you know mm. so it was like is he is just i mean is uh josh the same guy that he portrays on the radio 100 percent. okay the dude is he's the most authentic person i think i've ever met and is absolutely insane as he is i mean certifiable uh, I mean, one day I'm just waiting for him to walk in there and just start snapping. Trench coat mafia kind <laughs> just, of shit. just walk in and just start just roadhousing throats. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. Fuck you, I I'm need out. to be the you're cool guy, <laughs> which is why we like heap respect well, I feel, I feel on him. Like now. You and Scott would be like, you're cool. Yeah, I like, would hope we, yeah. we try to because he's, to your point, he's worked on a bunch of shows where people either didn't get him or didn't give him the respect he deserved mm-hmm. from the junkies. I think he worked with Big O and Dukes for a while. I remember that, Chad. Then he worked with Kirk and Mark mm-hmm. as KMS. Yep. Then he went on Mickey and Amelia and Spiegel, and then it became Justin Scott and Spiegel. Yep. And I feel like our show is the first show where, like, let's let this guy let spread his... Josh. Let's let Josh be Josh and go along for the ride. And... That's what we do with Chew Dog let over that, here. Yeah, let that we peacock let that peacock fly. fly yeah, yeah, let that let that let that crazy diamond shine. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like we get the best version of Josh we've ever had because we just let him do his thing. Got you. How so, many how many producers has the morning show gone through? Uh, we're on a third in eight years. Yeah. So we had Mike for a long time, and I Mike got Mike. our Mike's Mike's the man. We love Mike. Mike, Mike got a great. I we we love Mike. We miss Mike. Can't tell from the way you guys talk though. No, no, not you at portray all. Like you like you wish he was dead. So. No, Mike Mike died. Yeah, Mike Mike <laughs> choked on a screwdriver. So produced. I know he's working in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Like the Miami, like Fort Lauderdale kind of area, and it it just it just happened that this podcast. I'm a huge Miami Hurricanes football fan. Yeah, yeah. So Mike is one of the producers for that show, the Orange Bowl Boys. And See, I like, had no idea until you told me that. And it was like, Mike Anderson. And so I looked it up, and it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, producer, whatever. And he was working down there with uh, Toast on his morning show. and Paul Castronova was the Paul show. And, Paul and Toast show and, yeah, yeah. in the mornings. So and Mike, Toast is no longer on that show, right? No, no. Because I think Mike is now third microphone. 
He might Mike, be. Mike just got the Scott treatment, where they brought Scott, the producer, yeah, yeah. to the Mickey and Amelia show, and then became a full Mike on Justin Scott and Spiegel. Yeah, it just happened. Mike is now on the air. It, it just it just kind of happened out of coincidence. Yeah. I listened to the Orange Bowl boys. This is like I think their third or fourth season, and like they were talking about Mike Anderson. I'm like, hold on, like this name and, 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 right. and they had Mike like talking about you know, being from Baltimore and this and that. Yeah. So like, I like had messaged him on Twitter, and he was like, yeah. He's like, I'm like, man, that's. Like, just awesome, man. Because I miss Mike. Mike was a great... Mike's a good dude. We still talk probably three or four times a week. We never stop talking when it comes to town. We'll be we down there together. in November. In oh, my, yeah, dude. Yeah. Tell, him, tell him you're from Lopo. Dude, he'll, he'll, he'll drive to meet you guys. No, dude, the guy was great. He just got... He got such a great job offer that 98 was just like, go. Go, take it. And his girlfriend's family's down there right is i that, think it's just those two is it yeah okay. yeah i think it's just those two doing their thing i think both their families live here but it was such a great opportunity and such great money and all that that 98's a real big fan of like go leave get huge and we'll bring you back one day and you'll come back at a much like the next time mike will be on 98 rock again but mike will be brought back it will be Mike Scott and Spiegel one day when they finally wise up and blow my dumb ass out, they'll bring Mike back. Mm. No problem. There's always a spot here for you. There's always a spot. But you know, Mike, when he Mike wants to come back, he's like the Tommy dreamer of, of, of radio. Yeah. You trying to kiss? I mean, do you want to kiss? Cause I Tommy feel like work for any, are you trying to smooch? Cause I feel like you're trying to bang because if you're making Tommy dreamer, ECW leave references, you and I are going to go ahead and take a seat on each other's laps. And Jim's going to go to his wife. Okay. Because goddamn, uh, we can get into the wrestling now if you I, want to. I'm I, not sure how long this podcast goes, but I'm ready to talk. I about can't it. stay and watch. I mean, I don't know what you're into. If you make eye contact <laughs> the entire time, don't blink. But yeah, Mike will one day he'll return and like, he Mike left can just on go fine anywhere. Terms. Like he ne Tommy never burned bridges, and I'm, I'm assuming Mike didn't burn Damn bridges. Damn, you're so loyal he, to a fault. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't really want to go, but the opportunity was great. You couldn't pass it up. Yeah, I mean, you can't pass up that much money and that size of a market because baltimore is a big market but baltimore's depending on the year it fluctuates between market 24 and market 19 i mean miami's between market seven and market four and i that's money i mean if you yeah. go to Mar if you go to la chicago new york you're doing real well miami, but then you've got your dallas second tiers you got my dallas san fran miami is that second silver medal tier and you got a chance to work there you got to go there yeah 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 we, we had jeremy con on he was kind of explaining well, that a little bit to us jc oh, listen to me con <laughs> listen to me i was texting him today because he was at the your BMW. tiny ass little hands okay <laughs> your little small carny fingers we will get you one day and you will work for us. Uh, Do you hear me? We are, head, we are going to headhunt your ass. I don't know what it's going to take. Either it's going to be a parking spot. Either it's going to be a $15 gift card down in our bistro, a.k.a. the break room. We will make you an offer one day. You and that luscious beard and that smooth 13-year-old South Korean gymnast ass ears. We <laughs> will get you. Okay? And I will cradle you like an infant and feed you pineapple chunks. I don't care what shift, but you will be ours one day con you know that's got to be Mark the highlight that's, that's the highlight we will have you one day con and there's nothing you can do to stop me and my tickling fingers <laughs> jesus everybody uh, jeremy's just i dare you to find a better person three better people in radio than him and the other two on that list are scott and josh yeah yep so speaking of scott and josh we had mike in there we got fuck mary kill okay so fmk scott okay um I would probably, I would probably marry Josh. 
because him and I really have a connection. Okay. I'm definitely going to have... You're going to fuck Scott, aren't you? Uh, no, I'm going to probably kill him. Okay. <laughs> because I can't have someone with that big a hog wandering around you. Okay. I can't have I can't have that level of penile competition. And I'm gonna have pretty violent sex with Mike because he's he's a secret freak. I mean, Mike's gonna grab a lot of applesauce and lay down a Because I remember towards the end, Mike was balking up, he was getting ripped up there, and he's you got, ever that, see his he's got body the curly building shit. Yeah, he he's did? got the curly hair going. But and... didn't Mike have a, a foot fetish? That's Kirk. Oh, 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 Kirk's got no. a foot fetish. Yeah, but Mike towards the end, he was doing like the body comps and like. Oh, dude, he, he got was huge. Getting, yeah, he was getting ripped. He got mm. cut, dude. The, the first competition he entered, he got second place. Yeah, you, I mean, now admittedly there was only two competitors, <laughs> but he got second place and looked like he was chiseled out of marble. Mm. Mm. So, uh, talked about it a little bit. You have a, a gig later on tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, not going to be good. Between you and I, by the time they hear this shit, too late. I've been paid. It ain't going to be good. It's a private corporate event for an unnamed company. Here's another little little, uh, little life hack for anybody out there thinking about getting into comedy. A, like I said earlier, don't work at a club run by a former comic. Second thing, work for a company or a college in the latter third of the year because they have to burn their yearly budget. And they will spend too much money on too low quality of a show yeah, just yeah. to make sure right. that they get the budget again next year. Yep. And so it's so WCW. Basically, yeah. they, if they don't burn their budget, okay, then Turner, Ted ain't going to give it to him. Russo's going to come in. He's going to fuck it all up and make himself champion. It's you want to work for a company that at the end of the year is like, we got cash on hand. We got to fry this up. They're going to want you to pull uh, Curtis from accounting aside and razz them. <laughs> They're going to have, uh, you know, Darlene from HR introduce you. She will shit the bed in the introduction. <laughs> okay, so coming up, here comes Jason Snigel, and he <laughs> has a comedy skit for you to do. And here he goes. That's common practice, though. You want somebody in front of you that's not as good as you. Ah, see, there's two thoughts of thought. There's two trains of thought in comedy. You get some people that don't want somebody as good as you to make you by default look better. It's like the threes make the sixes look like eights. Yes, yes. The three makes a six look like a perfect comparison. I want I I, I want a ten in front of my six looking ass because the ten's gonna get them all steamed up. And if they can't achieve the ten, they're gonna go ahead and settle for me. I like people in front of me before me. I don't know. I'm ready to give him butterfly kisses to the nipples tonight. I mean, lock that goddamn door. <laughs> lock that goddamn door and have me sign a waiver. Okay. We're about to make animal noises up in here. She is about to think, you know what? I need to go ahead and get a hold of a divorce attorney. There are three men in there drilling each other for oil. <laughs> three men in a blow up doll. What is Jesus. that smell? <laughs> That's what I want her to say. What is that smell coming rubber. from the garage? It's That's burning rubber, baby. There ain't no rubbers in here. Okay. No ovaries to be found. <clears throat> so it's going to not be good. Right. But. When I got the offer, it, there's no better money get than working pay, at a get college. Your paper while you yeah. can get oh, it. dude, stack that cheddar. When you get an offer to work at a college, you're gonna bomb. If you're gonna work for a company at the Christmas show, holiday show, you're gonna eat it, and you have to resign yourself. Like tonight, I am gonna suck wind for 45 minutes, and I'm gonna walk out of there looking like I robbed a bank. That <laughs> I, I accept that because the next weekend, or it's actually tomorrow night, I'm doing a show with Wendy at Das Beer Hall for her Ooh. birthday show. And it's going to rule. She's there. Rob Mayer's there. Oh, shit. Oh, man. It's going to be incredible. So tonight, I just know that I'm just going to suck on car exhaust for 45. Mm. Knowing <clears throat> tomorrow, I'm going to have a great show that it still pays great. That that will be the show. The show tomorrow is going to be the one that fluffs my ego. 
the one tonight's going to pay the mortgage. That's all. It's a job. Who who come? I want to know who comes up with the uh, the murder mystery stuff. Who comes up with the story? Rob lines? Mayer, Joe Robinson. All, all, both. I of love them. Joe Rob. Joe yeah. Robinson's a ten. Rob Mayer's a ten. Joe Robinson's my smartest friend. Rob Mayer is my most driven friend. Yeah, those two. Did you know how that thing came to be? The Die Laughing Productions. No. So murder that's, mystery. We we're going to get into it. So go yeah. ahead. Oh, I, okay. So yeah, go ahead. let me ask you this. Hmm. What made you two start doing this podcast? It was just, uh, we were kind of, I was having a Halloween well, party and we were just sitting there, me and Chewie were sitting there talking. I was like, I want to do a podcast. And he's like, I want to do a podcast. And then we started doing a couple episodes and then we brought Chaz on. Just I brought in the numbers. Yeah. You brought the stacks. You I put an ass every, eight, every 18 inches. And the, you and we, the draw. Chaz the draw. Was six, I was like eight. the first official guest host. Yeah. Uh, whatever, what do you want to call it? You were the first official guest of the show. Yeah. You're the franchise. Yeah. Okay. You're the franchise. You ever hear a podcast? This is my though, money maker. Ace like, in the hole. Oh, dude, that beard that exfoliates, and I bet it gives a good back rub. And we're gonna find out. You can ask but my wife. I mean, I can't wait. Tyler, put to her find on speaker. No, 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 no. My girlfriend would absolutely drag a razor across my throat. Mach three. Different zip code. Did man. you ever hear a podcast so bad that you thought to yourself? How the shit are these people successful? Yes. I know my friend Jim and I can do better than this. I know my friend Chewie and I can do better. Yeah, so they brought me in later on. They'd have already done how many shows you guys do before you brought know, me like in. 10 or 12. Yeah, probably. so they asked me, hey, yeah. I came in. We had a we had a blast. Like, yeah. I was shit-faced, bombed. Like, I was at Jimmy's all night getting ripped. And Hell yeah, and shout his, out to Dacus. His, his episode had the most views until we brought on the, you know, we had a... We charity. had a foundation yeah, come in, yeah. and then we had JC, you know, come in. And so yeah, his his held the reign for the best episode for a while. If I don't <laughs> eclipse Jeremy Cons, oh, I'm going to wander into the woods, and a hunter and his son are going to make a horrifying discovery as they find my bleached uh, bones. Don't you don't you have a fifty thousand megawatt era bullhorn? Yeah, but if I oh, promote right. this on that, <laughs> uh, my PD is going to pull me into the bowels of the restaurant, or excuse me, radio station, and beat me with a nine iron. Uh, the reason. I bring up the origin of this show is that Joe and Rob went to a murder mystery in Greektown. They paid 45 bucks. You got dinner, you got a drink and you got the show. And they went with their respective girlfriends at the time. Now Joe's wife and Rob still never to be married girlfriend. And (laughs) they said it was, it was the drizzling shits for two hours. It was unbelievably bad. And there was 250 people there. And they were laughing at just how bad it was to where afterwards they found the manager and they're like, is this the first time you guys have ever done this? This, this was horrible. Like you have to know, we're not mad. This isn't your fault. We got, we paid for, this was one of the worst things we've ever seen. And the manager goes, they're here three times a month and they fill this thing to the rafters and they started doing the math. Like you're kidding. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no way this absolute horrible production packs in this many people for this amount of money so like we we have to try one of these right and sure enough those two rob and joe did they wrote one and we did it we went to mcgooby's <laughs> it did great we did another one at another location i think it was um lafontaine blue glen burney it went great you gotta love it we did another one dc improv it went it, i've bombed i'm gonna say in in stand-up my batting average is probably in the mid 600s low 700s you're a hall of famer then i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> The murder mystery, we are in the mid nines. When I'm saying we're batting about 940, mm-hmm. as far as holy shit, these things are some. T- I don't want to say they're flawless because we've had a couple that have really eaten a hog, but you get seven of your friends, a bunch of people in the audience that you bring up into it. You get them involved. 
And if you do well, you all do well together. If you bomb, you all bomb together. But I'm going to say we've probably done 200 plus shows. And I'm going to say 10 of them we haven't done well. And every place we've gone to has wanted us back. And I've never had more fun doing a stage performance. It's different than comedy. Mm-hmm. Because if I bomb, like I'm going to bomb tonight. Like I'm not sure where you guys are going to be at 11 o'clock tonight. But I'm going to be crying into a scotch that tastes like a hot doorknob. That I paid way too much money for shouting at kids in Call of Duty while I'm getting murked. The comedy murder mystery, if we eat it, we laugh, high five, and all go to a bar and spread the misery, and it dissipates like that. And that's right. kind of what I said. Like right. with this show, like not every show is a hit or whatever. It's not for everybody. But if you can't laugh at yourself, like who the hell can you laugh at? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if we just if it doesn't work, we're like screw it. We all died together. Right. It's like we're, we're all going down, all the ship going down side by side. Ship, yeah. But it's just rare we ever do. And I mean, we get booked all over the place. They've taken this thing internationally. They've done it in Kuwait. They did it at the United Arab Emirates. I think they're going to do it in South Korea and Japan soon because Rob does a bunch of stuff with MWR USO and he takes a bunch of other comics out there. As far as like comedic stuff I've ever been involved with, Die Laughing Productions is the most successful thing I've ever been a part of and literally the most fun I've ever had on stage. I want to check it out. Is this still going? We got one coming up at the end of October at Magoobies. It's going to be a two-night thing, 29th and 30th, dialaughingproductions.com. We're in. 29th is stand-up. Shit, he's pulling us up on stage. Fuck. We will give you two roles. And what's great is if you do a great job and read it exactly as we've written, it goes great. And if you shit the bed, it goes even better. <laughs> and that's what we say. It's, you go down these fucking rabbit holes and it just, yeah. it, it's just, it makes the show better. It's if you read what we wrote you, we know it'll be good. And if you botch it, we know it'll be better. Yeah. It's, it's, I get it. It's not flawless, but God, it's hard to mess it up. Okay. So do you have, I was going to ask, do you have a favorite storyline or a favorite Something that stands We've out. Written, like, like maybe, you brought somebody, right. maybe you brought somebody up on stage and they completely shit the bed, oh, but it was hilarious. There was one, dude. We do one called Sing for Your Life. Okay. Where it's it's basically we like we have a take on the Bachelor Bachelorette. We have an 80s one and 90s one. We had a Michael Jackson one. Uh we have a Too comedy soon. roast one. Had to cut that. Uh <laughs> we have a Halloween one, a Christmas one, whatever. But there's one called Sing for Your Life. And it's this competition where you go on stage and there's like a America's Got Talent style competition, shock or someone dies, whatever. Well, at the <laughs> end, we usually like to pad out for time while we tally up all the sheets of who got it right and who got it wrong with a little something fun. Like the Christmas one, my friend Eric goes up, he's half naked, dressed like Santa, drunk as hell, and he has people literally come sit on his lap and do the what do you want for Christmas little girl bit. Okay. And it pads out time where we're in the back. Well, Sing for Your Life, we have people go up and do actual karaoke. And they sing a portion of a song, not all of it, but we'll select a couple of people and people love karaoke and they come up. Well, our favorite place to do this thing, Bright Box Theater, Winchester, Virginia. This woman comes up and she says, uh, I want to sing Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven for my nine-year-old that just died. And we're like, God damn it. We can't tell her no. Because we're going to look like bastards, right. but we know for a fact it's going to, the, the air brakes on this show are going off. And she goes and sings the entire Tears in Heaven. Was it good? Did she- no, it wasn't good. <laughs> she was had completely champagne drunk. And it, it, it she drove the show into a ditch. Oh. And all of us had to kind of quietly acknowledge it. We have some wireless mics. So we're all like, all right, well, it's time to find out who the murderer is. <laughs> Eric Woodworth 
backstage wireless mic as we're going back on stage holds the mic up to his ass and tears off a fart that could wake <laughs> the dead i mean it sounded like a t-rex yawning Oh my and God. it got the show back on track okay. yeah, when he fine. farts into, I mean, I mean, I, that might, it might've been in his ass, the sound <laughs> that it made. And everyone's like, okay, now we're back. But for five minutes, we're all backstage like shit. Well, <laughs> what can we do? This is great. This is like in the middle of the show, Bobby doing one of his inspirational stories right <sighs> before we go to a break talking about what's your favorite porn category. It was, it was hard to come back from. So what was, would you say would be your most outlandish storyline that you guys did? For Die Laughing? Yeah. Uh, the, nothing's crazy outlandish. All of them are pretty identifiable. Like we do a, we do a, a comedy roast where okay. the roastee dies and we do the Halloween one where it's a set of a horror film where somebody actually dies. And there's nothing crazy we do have people that come up and go off the rails, usually a drunk audience member. <laughs> Eric, Eric, there's no storylines that go off the rails, but Eric Woodworth, who might be one of my favorite comedians and friends in the area, he's our wild card. Here's our Charlie from It's Always Sunny. He's the wild card, oh, yeah. bitches. We got a wild card. <laughs> you ain't got Eric. Eric. Eric's the type of guy who will set fire to a hotel room, fight a police horse, show his penis <laughs> in a Toys R Us. Eric will butternuts. Eric will take <laughs> his clothes off in a scene where it's not called for. And we'll just show up on stage and we're like, well, we got to roll with this. Nope, Eric's naked again. Eric's naked again. And Eric to say Eric is a, is a well-fed man is an understanding. He's probably got about 40 pounds on each of you. Jeez. Former rugby player, stout, big country, strong, and love showing that beautiful body of his off. So Eric is the you gotta wild let card. It flow. You got to let it flaunt. But you dude, it's flaunt hilarious it. every time it drives Rob up a wall. Joe can't stop laughing. Tommy and I are usually too drunk to care. Sean, who's the real thespian of the group, is like, this is not the script. <laughs> but Eric goes and he kills it every time. So yeah, he's sort of he's sort of our our, our plot line that goes off the rails. Okay. Jeez. That's awesome. We we try to go off the rails. It just oh, some, we, that, somebody, we go off somebody the rails every goddamn back episode. in. We don't I don't know. It makes for interesting talk, I guess. Go with it. Go where <laughs> the conversation goes. Oh. All right. So we know you're a big wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. I'm a big wrestling mark uh, myself. Yeah. Jim, go take a walk, buddy. I hate wrestling. Yeah, you're wearing a WrestleMania <laughs> 6 shirt right now. All right, so you did a tryout for AEW. Yes. About a year ago, maybe? It was in February 2020. Okay. So how did how did that work out? Like, was it like a video kind of thing? or No, I went to an AEW show in Atlanta. Yep, okay, I was flown down to, to AEW Atlanta. So, have you watched a lot of AEW Dynamite? I, I, I I'm an AEW Mark at this point, my guy, because WWE's product is kind of tough to it's watch at this the point. Shits. Uh, it was the show a year and a half ago where Cody took on Wardlow in the cage, and he did the moonsault yeah. off the top of the cage. Yeah, yeah. That was the show that I was at, which was beautiful in and of the fact that it was AEW's first time in Atlanta which was WCW's own hometown. It's on TNT and TNT in Atlanta. That's their it's headquarters. Based, yeah. So all the executives were out there that night. Cody's hometown. Cody's hometown. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of history with Dusty and the Rhodes family. So there's a really good dude around uh, Baltimore named Jeff Jones. that used to work for ECW. I know Jeff. He got me the gig or got me the audition. 
And uh, yeah, I went down and did a little uh, did a little tryout. Jeff might not know me, but I know Jeff. Oh what's yeah, a, what's a tryout entail? Like they see how good you go through a table, or no, no one put me through a table. Oh. I was I was basically the Mean Gene style oh, okay, interview. Okay. I was I was a backstage interviewer. So did you cut like a promo, or did you do like an I interview session? Uh, I interviewed uh, Dustin Rhodes, and I interviewed QT Marshall. When they were the natural nightmares. The natural nightmares. Yeah, they had just gotten together. And QT hadn't really found his footing yet, which was cool, is that I was sitting around. I got there at noon. And because of just craziness backstage, I was supposed to go and do something at 9. Then it became 10. Then 11.30. Mm -hmm. Then the show was over. They were taping Dark, which is their YouTube show. And at like 12.45, I've been sitting for 12 hours and 45 minutes in this backstage area just kind of minding my own business staying out of the way and like we need you now time to go you're going to interview dustin rhodes and qt marshall go okay and i mean they shoved a wireless mic in my hands at 12 45 and at 12 46 i was talking but and I, that I, was it, it but was, i feel like you get the business you understand it you I get it. it yeah 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 you you know you you understand it you have understand how it works you get it yeah because you worked with mcw you oh, worked yeah. with ryan mcw ryan and, um, and dan mcdevitt and dan mcdevitt like who is probably the top independent promotion? MCW is Coast probably Coast. one of the greatest independent companies in the world right now, if not ever. Because like you got guys like Mick Foley who will just at the drop of a hat come down. Oh, and dude, Kevin forget- Nash will show up yeah. out of nowhere. Any of the alumni will come back because it's run so well. They take good care of their people, and because of my work with them, they prepared me for the AEW thing. And I was scheduled to have a follow up because the one in Atlanta went really well because I was very quick. QT, Dustin, tonight, teaming up for the first time. What an opportunity is for you, QT, to partner up with such a legend like the natural Dustin Rhodes. What do we plan on seeing? Boom, we're going to kick some ass. We'll see you later. Take care, AEW Dark. Got in, got out. They didn't want me to get creative, put myself over. I got in, got out, and they're like, that was great. Thank you. We'll be in touch. And I had an audition for Philadelphia in April, and then someone decided to put some bat in their soup, (laughs) and that went away. Okay. So, yep. Someone somewhere across the pond just couldn't get the chicken noodle. And Do you know who it was? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who it was. I hear it was this nice Chinese fellow in a wet market that decided to uh, eat something sketchy just outside of Wuhan and send the world tailspinning into a goddamn unending fuckscape, which has since ruined about 3,000 opportunities for me. Ugh. And it has never come back around. So, on a list of a thousand things AEW had to worry about. I wasn't on it right? because they were trying to survive. Yeah, well, so yeah. My, just like everybody else. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So my and I feel opportunity like they went did away. The best job. They killed it in pushing through that pandemic. And do you know that they paid because I have some I have a friend in WWE and I have three or four friends in AEW and it is a tale of two cities. And in I hear, regards you, I hear to you have a voice. The, vo- the voice, they're not voiceless anymore. They are not voiceless. All right. Second City Saint, shout out to the man, the best in the world that's back, CM Punk. Did you mark out like I did? I was in tears. I lost my, I, I lost I my shit. So I'm sitting in the recliner and my wife's like kind of off behind me a little bit. And she's like Snapchatting. She's like, he's so excited. Like, We're talking about the CM Punk return yes. Friday, second episode of Rampage. I marked out. I lost it. And it was, do you know that they sold that building out on the rumor of and the, his return? And the, the crazy, rumor. They knew, but everybody, like, people knew. Like, they, I don't know, it, it was a rumor? thought, but no one knew other than Tony Khan and CM Punk. But they like, said that half the staff didn't know. They sold it out on a rumor. I mean, remember New Japan and ROH, the show at Madison Square Garden in 2019. They sold out okay, Madison yeah, yeah. Square Garden 
on the expectation that of he, this of this not CM Punk of the elite Young Bucks, Omega, Cody, Marty Skrull, Adam Page, and that's when AEW began to form, and none of them were there. That place sold out on the rumor of the elite and the Bullet Club at the time showing up, and none of them were there. And a lot but of New people Japan that went to that still show, put on hell. New Japan is still a great show. Yeah, but that was when that whole being the elite YouTube series was white hot and everyone was building up the, you know, the bullet club for life and two sweet each other. And none of those guys were there. They sold that building out on a rumor. And I had some friends that went and said, while a great show, it was kind of deflating that the big story was that Kaz and Enzo showed up in the crowd and started some shit with the Briscoes and none of the people that they thought were going to be there. No Omega, no bucks, but in Chicago, just the rumor sold that place out and he showed up and they did it perfectly by having him show up at minute one. Cause you couldn't have done that show before you had him come out. It was yeah. going to be CM Punk chance all night until he showed up. So they have him show up immediately. Yeah. So yeah. Jim wants to kill himself right now. Jim he wants does. to throw himself he in the mouth of an no open volcano. Yeah, Who's all... your favorite wrestler of all time, Jim? And don't name someone on that shirt. Uh, who's on the shirt? No one. I got warrior. He... I've got Piper. I feel like you've said well, it before. Hogan, Hogan's not on there. No, he's probably my favorite. Hogan was in my favorite match of all time. Which one? Against Andre the Giant. That would be Hogan Rock. Oh, yeah. When he passed the That's really? 18. That's the greatest wrestling. That's yeah. the greatest wrestling match in history. If you go and watch what a professional wrestling match is, Hogan Rock, WrestleMania 18. Awesome. Awesome. Double match. turn. The pacing. As much as I love a lot of the high-flying antics that a lot of these guys mm -hmm. do, go and watch what they do with clotheslines big boots and strikes. It might be the most perfectly paced wrestling match in history. There's been technical ones better. I love that you say that because I go back to my days when I was a kid and I think of tag team wrestling in WCW. Yeah. You know, I think of like Arn and Tully. Oh yeah. And you know, I just think of like, you know, it wasn't high flying. It was just technical, great technical display, steamboat and flare. How Michael's great were those matches? Razors are great. The Road Warriors. Uh, Road Warriors versus anybody. Dusty and Flair, all that stuff. Uh, the, the drama of a Hogan and an Andre, a Hogan and a Savage. Mega powers unite, mega powers explode. But in regards to a crowd and the performers in the ring, go back and watch WrestleMania 18, Hogan I will. and Rock, and you're not going to find drama like that. Maybe the only thing that came close to that was aforementioned CM Punk, Cena, Chicago. When he walked out? When he walked out with the championship. Yeah. That was another one of those nights where you're like, God is this damn, real, feel this. Or is like his deal, his deal's up. Like, See, that's it, the best part of it is when you fold. Jim Cornette has said this before, who I respect the shit out of. When you tell a bunch of truths on the way to the work, let the last thing you do be a work. Like, have you ever seen the Triple H CM Punk promo where they were cracking on each other hard as shit. CM Punk, it might have been before SummerSlam or it might have been before Survivor Series where like Triple H was busting CM Punk's balls about being this indie nothing. CM Punk is busting Triple H's balls. This is the land of the giants. You only need these muscle-bound zilches. Then Triple H makes a great point. Oh, you mean to tell me Rey Mysterio was a big muscle guy? You mean to tell me Bret Hart was a muscle guy? Mm -hmm. Shawn Michael? They were going back and forth. They were saying, this isn't CM Punk taking on Triple H. This is me, Phil Brooks, telling you, Paul Levesque, I'm going to kick your ass at Survivor <laughs> Series. So it was completely real up until that last moment. 
And that is a perfect promo. That's a perfect way in an era where it's hard to believe stuff. You still keep me kind of believing. Make 90% of it real and that last 10% the work yeah. and you'll get me. Which is why I can't get into shit today with a talking doll and a girl that's sitting on a swing set and Randy Orton setting people on fire. Yeah. It's the it, it it's, quite it's, possibly it's, it's might be the worst it's ever it's been. Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy was three steps ago. And on top of that, on top yeah. of that, Jim, how bad the WWE is these days. I got friends that work there. I have a friend that works there who will go unnamed because those bastards that work there yeah. will hunt S like this down to take it out on you. Yeah. And so if AEW, if I was criticizing AEW and they heard this, they would hear this somehow and then go and correct the problem. WWE will hunt you down, find you, fire you, blacklist you, keep you from working there again. That you hear about that working environment there. I, I've worked with comics before that I couldn't wait to work with that turn out the old adage, never meet your heroes right. that were such bastards that you leave there shell shocked. Like I thought that guy was going to be uh, amazing. I thought, right. you, I thought that guy was, your expectations were set way too high. So way yeah, too, yeah. Uh, Kevin Pollack, Robert Schimmel. Sorry. I know everybody loves him. The guy's dead. A complete bastard to me. Mm. Kevin Pollack, a bastard to my friend John Moom and I, who you love. I mean, hell, Louis C.K. these days. You hear about the Pete Davidson, Louis C.K. story. Look that up. Louis C.K., aside from him cranking himself in front of women, apparently was a son of a bitch to young comics trying to bury them and get them fired on SNL. Mm. You hear about that same flavor of attitude in, the, in, in the, modern WWE, yeah. where it's like, not only is the product bad, it's hard for me to get into it when it's good because I know how rotten it is backstage to where if I'm doing a stand-up show, I will work with a C plus level comic. That's an a quality person versus an a quality comic. That's a D minus son of a bitch off the, uh, off the it's, stage. It's almost like the old added, like, give me, give me 11 guys on the football field with, with the heart of so-and-so, Yes, you know, over a dickhead that just cares about his own stats. Right. Exactly. You know give I mean? me, give me a heart that works versus talent that don't. Right. And mm -hmm. when you hear about what it's like back there in the, I can only the imagine. environment, and I got to see the environment firsthand at AEW, it was incredible. I mean, unbelievable how much they cared for each other and were working at the matches on their own. And I got to see Tony Khan, the guy that runs it. He's their Vince McMahon. Yeah. Hand them. Here's the bullet points for your script. Make sure you hit here's these. Who you're fighting with. Here's when it is. And here's the pay-per-view. Fill in the blanks. Right. That's it. There's a there's literally a room full of writers in WWE that have no, no zero, interest, zero interest in wrestling. No they clue what they're doing. No clue in wrestling. It would be like if Bashati hired a person that hated football to be their offensive coordinator, but they used to work on SNL or they used to work on The Voice right. or they used to work on MTV's Road Rules because it's kind of a cool hire. And then you wonder why guys are running in the wrong direction yeah. and don't have cleats on. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable the garbage that's. Can I even? I, I'll give you a little. No, go give for it. Yeah. I think. Vince McMahon's going to sell that company in the next two years. I heard Disney. I hear uh, Paramount. I heard Disney's the latest, like a day or two ago. I hear. I or is it is it Paramount that owns Peacock? Yes. I think. Is yeah. It? I well, think. Yeah. I think Paramount's going to buy. When they the whole sold thing. out the Peacock, I was I was I think, upset. I think they're going to buy. I think they're going to buy the whole thing, which is why they're firing dudes <sighs> left and right to cut down the overhead cost. I get it to make the profit margin wider when they when they sell the whole thing right. i yeah, think they're done and i feel bad for guys yeah. that are in like nxt now oh nxt's 
over and done. Because Cole's probably gone. Adam Cole's gone. Did you see CM Punk's shoe? Have you seen BW, the meme going around? The BW? The BW, the, the, the BW uh, and the, the AC on, written yeah, on a yeah, shoe? Yeah, yeah. They're all going over there. I think you're going to see Vince McMahon is going to have his one huge final victory where he's going to sell that thing for a billion plus, call it a day, disappear, and be dead in five years. And whoever runs it, they're going to run. Are you watching UFC, Jim? Uh, very a little. little bit. Very little. When Zufa, the Fertitta brothers, okay. sold it to William remember, Morris. Yeah. They sold it lock, stock, and barrel, kept on Dana White to help run the thing. They're going to do that with Paramount. They're going to sell the whole thing to Paramount. You think, you think Triple H they're stays around? They're going to keep Triple H, Kevin Dunn, and Stephanie on. And they're going to keep those on to help oversee the product. And who knows? It might get better. They're the three good board runners that we were they're talking the about. They're the ones that are going to be able to they're run. The they get it. Triple, Triple H gets it. He gets it. He loves it. I will have more faith if he happens to run. Well, you the see thing. the guys he brings in, like Steve Carino. You, he brings in Shawn Michaels, like guys yeah, yeah. like that. He brings in good talent. He's a, he's a he's a student of the game. Vince Terry McMahon Taylor, likes, like guys that they get the business. If they really want to make it better. They got to get rid of that Kevin Dunn guy. Who one of the reasons I can't watch it because I feel like I'm gonna he's have been an epileptic seizure. God knows how long. He's gonna he's going. When he's gone, it's going to be so much more watchable because every time someone throws a punch, the camera has to zoom in. Every time someone does a kick, it swings it drives to the, me nuts. And I'm like, the, if the I action have, shots with the camera. If I've got like, epilepsy, I'm chewing like, through my I, tongue. I was going to say, I feel like I'm having a goddamn stroke or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm going like, to die oh. watching this thing. This is the worst. God, this is putting me in the mood to take a blue chew. Guys, blue chew? Anybody? What the uh, hell is a blue chip? Uh, this is a penis enhancement pill. It's going to make him. But it said it's a chewable. It's a pogo stick. He's Mindy, have. do you care? Be <laughs> <laughs> sure to go to bluechew.com right now and use promo card jazz dash. Get your penis hard. This, this is going to get him ready for his gig. Honestly, so, this thing gives me a bit of a vitamin B. So how did, you get, <laughs> how did you get your foot in the door with MCW, with mm. those guys? Because well, I know you worked with Ryan. You worked with Bruiser, who God trained bless, me. Man. God rest his soul. Great guy. He trained me for the one day I lasted at wrestling school. When I was eight or nineteen years old, yeah, I woke up the next day, and that's when I—that's when wrestling, breakers, right? Yes, yeah, over there, uh, Joe Avenue, like over by UPS. They had I, a gig at um, Della Rosa's on the Avenue in White Marsh. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they used to have the um the, the big Ravens kickoff thing. Yeah, yeah, where the good guys dressed in Ravens gear and the bad guys dressing. Yeah, they had a Hardys out there gear. a couple All times. That stuff. Yeah, and we had them come up because Della Rosa's was an advertiser, mm -hmm. and everyone knew Justin's a wrestling fan. And I was like, I'll do whatever you guys need. I'll go out there and host the thing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Have someone attack me, throw me through a table, whatever. And they're like, yeah, I mean, screw it, whatever. Whatever you can do to get promotion to fill this thing up. And I begged them, like, please come let me train. Please come let me train and show me what I do to do properly. And I went to the MCW school up in Joppa. And they saw that I took it seriously. Like, I was running laps with the students. I was doing, you know, uh, I just a, remember they had us running around the building dude, and just doing Turkish squats, running the ropes until your back was purple. And I mean, I wanted to throw up, but I, I stuck it out. And I remember it was uh, Tyler Hilton. Okay. It was Ronnie Zuko. Ronnie Zuko. Ronnie Zuko, man. God he bless came out Ronnie with Zuko. The jeans and the white tee with <laughs> All the, like, that. like the sleeves rolled God up like the old damn, school. He like shot Danny my Zuko nipples kinda. off my chest. You had George, one half of Fed Up. Those dudes, George and G Chris. Fed, yeah. G Fed, C Fed. C -Fed. And they just saw that I took it serious, and so, uh, they just slowly started having me be a yeah, part of stuff. Yeah, I woke up the next morning. I went to Bone Breakers. Like, Mark the Shark was still around, and Bruiser. He was young at the time. I, I had muscles and, and parts of my pie. I didn't know. You had know. parts of you that hurt. That you, like, you your hair was sore. Just taking bumps. How just, is my hair sore? All right. So, if you go back and watch the very first MCW show, you'll see me in the front row yeah. with my NWO Wolfpack shirt on. 
I got a picture with the Bulldogs, not the Bulldogs, the Pitbulls. From ECW. And the Headbangers, they were at the first oh, show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Joey Matthews or Joey Mercury, whatever you want to call him now, and Christian York. Like Now, MCW, and especially the dude that runs it, Dan McDevitt. Dan is, is a 10. Class. He, like, he treats his wrestlers well. He treats the fans well. And I'm, I'm friends with Sean Cradle. Oh, dude, Cradle's <laughs> a prince. God, I love Sean. In, in an industry like radio, comedy, let's remove radio. Comedy and wrestling are so similar in and of the fact that, like... Jim, you can go home now. If you want to just sit on my lap. I'm just making sure the board's okay, guys. <laughs> that, like, you... I've heard I'm this like, said before. I'm, like, seriously, like, a kid in fucking uh, candy can, shop right now, dude. Like, when we're gonna, this is the last thing we're going to transition before we split. Um, You don't... When you do stand-up on the road, you don't get paid to do stand-up. You get paid to take a shitty flight, get in a garbage rental car, stay in an awful hotel, deal with a weird-ass manager have an odd coked out opening act, the stand-up you do for free. In wrestling, same thing. You love the wrestling, but you get paid to make a 15-hour drive to deal with some weird-ass fans, to deal with a bunch of crazy egos behind the scenes, to deal with some booker that's probably going to bone you at the end of the night, and you do the wrestling for free. You get paid for the stuff that gets you to the thing you like to do. A whole 30 bucks or whatever it might be. A hot dog and a Coke. Yeah. And Dan McDevitt and MCW and all those guys, they take so much better care of their wrestlers than 99% of other And you see it by the people he brings in. Like, he brings in Bret Hart. Yeah. Like, he brings in, like, Hall of Fame, like, guys that we grew up on. He charges a fair ticket price. He keeps that place clean. He puts on a great show. And the schools run properly. You don't have a bunch of... What did I point out earlier? You'd never want to work for a radio station run by a failed DJ. You never want to work for a comedy club that's run by a failed comic. You never want to go to a wrestling school run by a dude who didn't make it. Mm. Because as to where the PD... At a radio station is going to bore your ass with these horrible stories about when he used to have long hair and some methed up comic is going to tell you about his time on the road with Bill Cosby and man, we used to put stuff in people's drinks together. <laughs> a wrestler that's failed that runs a school, there's a good chance they're going to beat your ass. They're going to they, take their weird decades of frustrations out on you. They would beat the they would beat the shit out of you. Did you ever hear about Killer Kowalski's school? Yeah. Jim, listen to this. I've heard of Killer Kowalski. Killer Kowalski, who trained Triple H, he would break a secondary bone on you the first day you were there. He would break a bone in your foot. He'd break two fingers. He'd crack a forearm. He'd break your collarbone to see if you showed up the next day. And Mm. if you did, he'd train you. Right. But if you could fight through that level of pain, he'd half tear your ear off just to see if you could handle it and come back. And if you did, you got to train. Mm. And that was an older school way of doing stuff. Mm. You got some pretty nefarious bastards out there these days. And luckily in our own backyard, MCW. I feel like the nineties was like prime for that though. Oh, sixties and seventies around the Georgia mid South era, cowboy Watts era, territory era. They would have dudes that would just wreck your shit or they just outright steal your money. Have you do squats, run laps all day long. And, and I then like you go back inside. MEWF. And- remember them? What was it? MEWF. I don't. They were in, what is the Essex? They ran. Uh, I don't remember him either. God damn it! This is not going to get as many views. Bobby Con's thing. I know it. Listening I know this it. In. No one's listening at this point so, so because like, of the con. Bobby Star worked there, and uh, oh, Bobby Star rules! What a great ref! I and, love Bobby uh, Star. And I can't think of the guy's name. He he passed away a few years back, but um. So you're saying he won't be here? 
We're not going to get him as a bucket. Yeah. Okay. So, they, okay. Like, I had friends that paid to go there and like, they just, like he I'll said, they beat you up. period at the end of the wrestling sentence because I have already lost. I know I'm coming in second to con and I'm furious with myself now because I've done what I always do, which is talk too much goddamn wrestling. <laughs> so Jim, back to you and hmm. people who know who both their parents are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do know who both my parents are. I know are. who both my parents are, if that helps. You might be one of a thousand wrestling fans who do. <laughs> God damn it. I knew I'd do this. You know who both your parents are, right? Uh, TBD. Yeah, definitely know who my dad is. Mom, I got questions. <laughs> We're put, we can put an ad out in the Waldorf newspaper. All right, so I got one more thing before we move on from wrestling. Please. SummerSlam, Brock's back. AEW already stole the weekend, in my opinion, oh, yeah. on Friday night. Brock came back. Yeah. And it, I, can, you know, I can live with him or without him. You know what I mean? But the, the thing that really got me to turn SummerSlam off Sorry, Jim. was, was when Bianca came out. Like, they built Bianca up. Like, phenomenal athlete. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like, she's worked her ass off, I, I feel like, from NXT to now. And just to have Becky come back and squash her in 20 seconds. just it, it Are you surprised at all? I'm not. They bring up the NXT undefeated champion, Karrion Cross. He loses to Jeff First Hardy match, in three yeah, minutes. Yeah. Keith Lee disappears for three or four well, months Keith because Lee of some illness. COVID. Comes back. Loses immediately. Okay. Karrion Cross shows back up again a few weeks later. They got him dressed like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Have you seen the outfit they have him in now? I didn't watch it oh, because it's so see- painful. Oh, you need to see the outfit they put him in. Oh, Karrion Cross is dead in the water. Oh, they have him in a bondage outfit now. He's got a leather daddy mask on. He looks Was like Scarlet the- with him? Nope. No, oh, oh no! You should do yourself a favor. Search Carrying Cross is I'm now. I'm pretty sure dead. I have a DVR. I DVR every week. Watch it. Shake your head and know that it's over for him. He's I, done. SummerSlam did it for me. Like SummerSlam was awful. <sighs> SummerSlam and it was like one of their highest viewed. It took 15 minutes to start the Reigns and Cena match with all the introductions. I fell asleep Who before that. Brock, that was a good haircut. Okay, that I'm the roadie for Limp Bizkit in '94 looking haircut. <laughs> it it. it it was horrible what they did to Bianca Belair, and it's not even remotely surprising. It's that's not, the, the, and that's the, the sad part about it. No, and they say, it's you would have never expected it. Well, you know what else I wouldn't expect? If I went to Domino's and the manager had his dick on my pizza. I never expected that. Guess what? I don't want to eat dick pizza either. <laughs> Their whole idea of what no one ever expected this to happen doesn't mean it's good. The unexpected doesn't necessitate quality. Yeah. And I think they sometimes mix that up. And I just remember Vince always saying, you can't always give the fans what they want. Well, you should try harder. Yeah. Okay, because sometimes it seems like you give them exactly what they don't want is a big double guns in the air. Right. Four years of shoving reins down our throat. Three years of not giving us Daniel Bryan. However many years of LOL Cena wins. It's, they don't want to give us what we would like. They want to give us what they think we Need what we what need. we need, what they want to do, and it's just it's it's not happening. So yeah, yeah SummerSlam to me, but I think was you hit the nail on the head with Vince is ready to sell. I think I think that guy Nick Khan, who they brought in, he's this new executive. He is now apparently the second most powerful person in the company. They're gonna he's overseeing a ton. All those cuts, mm-hmm. a lot of him has to do with, and you're gonna see them in the next two years. They're gonna sell the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh. Jim, is there a non-wrestling question yeah, before yeah, we say goodbye? Because I feel Welcome like back to the I have spread my butt cheeks and vacated my bowels onto the show. And the blue chew's kicking in. The blue chew, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look down, you're going to think that that's a nightstick. But no, I, I, I just, I, I was like kid in a candy shop. I get to talk wrestling. I get to talk wrestling. Because I got to sneak that shit in on the air and then move, in, move like on Chewy, real quick. Like I said, Chewy's an older wrestling fan from the Attitude Era, but he doesn't watch the product now. And Jim's just like, whatever, bro. Yeah, I don't, he I don't, just wears it because it's fucking cool with the- Start uh, watching AEW. Jim. Start watching AEW. This is a Target special. But no, go ahead, If you watch AEW for three months, I will come back on, and we will have a whole AEW recap. Jim's summer to fall AEW recap. Done. I want you to watch Darby. He I want you to watch Team Taz. I want you to watch Chris Statlander, who I met backstage. He's very weird. the biggest booty. It's thick. It's real thick. definitely watching it now. No, she's got some some donk. You know, Jamie Hayter. I love my wife. And it might be cheaper to keep her, but if Britt Baker ever said, hey, come here, big boy, it might be on. Yeah. Adam Cole might fuck you up, but still, it's a good, it's it's, It's worth it. It's worth eating a super kick for that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, all right, let's jump ahead here. So, uh, D M D. Okay. Watch it and you'll get that. (laughs) I got three months to catch up. Uh, so the Raven season's coming up. You do a lot of the pregame stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do all that promo pro bono or is that yeah that's all that's it? all folded into my account oh, okay yeah and, and into my contract yep i go down there and just do tailgate stuff let joan kirk do the thing i eat a bunch of other people's food drink their beers gone is that on raven's walk you raven's on? walk yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. we'll be down yeah, yeah we'll be down there oh yeah i guess season Find us right before the overpass right before the overpass so, is where we're so posting jimmy's got their truck out there oh, now hell yeah right get we're right across rolls, from the jimmy's truck get some crab cake egg oh rolls. My god we'll hit I had some today crab cake egg rolls i had some today do not eat those if you have high cholesterol i have high cholesterol <laughs> and blood pressure you should i hey shout out high blood pressure hypertension <laughs> stage two yeah, yeah i take avapro another pill for that one mm-hmm. i might i'm basically held together with pharmaceuticals yeah, so i'm on trt hgh dick pills heart pills and i just crunch on excedrin like they're skittles god if I stop taking that, I'm dead by October. That's like a walking Walgreens. Mindy, I mean, basically. Mindy no. just asked me if Chewy showed up. I want to send her a picture. Like, yeah, he's right there. There he is. He's, he's kind of quiet today. Yeah, Chewy, am I uh, getting on your nervous bud? And you know, this is killing him that he's right. not here right now. He just wants to say, I want fuck you and your wrestling so you gotta, talk. You got to come back on so Chewy can be here. Yeah. Okay, he, with those Kenny Powers ass looking glasses. Okay, done. Well, we had a shirt made, right? Oh, Chew dog. And the guy that made the shirts thought he was dead chew dog is his alter ego it's like when he gets drunk like he turns into like a different animal so the guy that made the shirts for us was like did this guy die or something we're like no he's very is this much like alive in remembrance we went to guy. pick up the shirts and he was like sorry about your friend i was like what the fuck are you talking about he's like he's dead ain't he i was like he's at my house right now <laughs> oh i thought this was like a guy that ate like roadkill like you know he'd find like dead canines and he chew, chew dirt yeah chew dirt chew dirt that's the wig that wig's been around red kissable lips weird anime ass looking hands so i gotta give a shout out to my man big louie yep because without him we probably don't get you oh man i found out you guys are friends of lou friends of lou Justin friends said, of mine. anybody friends with louie is a friend of mine hell yeah what was your initial thought when you first met big lou jesus christ this guy's <laughs> tall i was saying you guys off the air everyone from lopo i don't know what's going on with lopo seed but every dude down there is throwing powerful ropes there's not a dude <laughs> underneath six foot four Yep. I mean, all y'all, it's like a whole neighborhood that was like bred to help other guys like me open pickle jars. <laughs> like all of you can reach the top shelf. Right. All right. I've never met like 
the next generation, speaking of pro wrestling, of superstars should come from Lopo. Back on every, pro wrestling again? Every God. dude from there is like a Vince McMahon wet dream. You're all six foot four and above. Everyone's 200 plus pounds, dripping with personality. I mean, it's like a it's like a farm system for pro wrestling. Just go there, scoop up 12 dudes, and you've got a pay-per-view. You hear that, Vinny Mac? But I still best, got some juice left. I got one match left in me. The best hope we had out of South Baltimore was the Asian sensation. Randy Lindsay. Randy Lindsay. And that dude was six foot five. He no. was actually five eleven or okay, five shit. eight. That's, that's Cradle's the one guy. Uh, that's yeah. Cradle's roommate. He moved to Lopo. He wasn't from right, there. Yeah. Okay. He's from the bottom. Uh, yeah, close enough. Fed okay. Hill area. Whatever. Let's see, it doesn't count. Never mind. Jeez. So mm. but yeah, friend of Lou's a friend of mine. So the other last night we had Tommy Pierce on the show, who's oh, Scott's man. brother-in-law. One of the best artists in Maryland. If you guys if haven't seen Tommy's work, go check him out. I posted his Instagram and his Twitter, you know. So he made us pop figures. So we're forever immortalized as figures, as pop figures. Yeah. How do the big boys of Baltimore pop figures hold up to the JSS pop Those figures? Those are pretty nice, man. If Tommy doesn't make garbage. If Tommy makes something he doesn't like, I assume it ends up in an incinerator. <laughs> he made me one where I look like Optimus Prime, which rules, and he made me another one. So like the cartoon crossover kind of thing? He yes. Was doing? Yeah. It was like, well, if that's what I could be reincarnated as, it would be that. And he made the other one where I lost that famous bet where I had to have the Infinibeard where uh, I had a sideways yeah. mohawk. <laughs> And the and the chin strap beard, he made that into a pop vinyl, and they're both sitting on my shelves next awesome. to my arcade. Uh, yeah, because Jim's like, make sure you bring it back, so I'm gonna go home and put it down with my rest oh, of my pops tonight when I get home. Oh, this is the best. So, no, dude, there's he's done art for me. He's done a bunch of pop culture art. Yeah. I got Mike Vallely skateboard art. I got Black Flag art. I got Star Wars Transformers. He's done stuff for us as the show Blade Runner. I think I've picked up probably nine pieces from him. Uh, since 2014. Yeah, I have a few custom pieces in my basement. I got a Michael Jordan, Kobe. I told everybody. The best. Night. I mean, he's absolutely and, and he, an incredible you know, artist. He'll work with you, man. Like yeah, his prices aren't that, gonna break the nice bank. Dude like, too. Yeah, I don't want to tell him, but he could probably charge twice as much what he does, and people would be like, "Sounds good." Right. Right. Yeah. So huge Transformers fan. Before we wrap up here, you Decepticon. Are you an Autobot? Septicon all day, baby. Okay. Starscream, turn up. Starscream, Second command. That's my guy. Stabbing Megatron in the back. It's never the guy you want to be as the leader. It's always the guy that wants to be the leader. That's the guy that's dripping with the personality. Right. Yeah, but you don't get no screen time with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, uh, you did. Yeah, he did. Chase after him, I believe, and that piece of I want shit. Time, I want I want I want screen time with Megan Fox, not Mark Wahlberg. God, which one was uh, it? I that have he Donnie was, Wahlberg burger sauce all over my face. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> The first uh, one of those films was a lot of fun, and the rest of them were hard. Yeah, they got they got bad. Then they added defend. John Cena, and they just got bad. Who's the guy that, that died in the last one with Mark Wahlberg? He got killed like in the beginning of the car chase. Oh, was that um? It was T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. I've seen him. Yeah. I've seen him in yeah. movies. Yeah. Got off. He's yeah, from yeah. Uh, She's Out of Your League. Yeah, yeah. He was Stainer. Was he that Age Stainer, of Extinction? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Emphasis on I kind of lost track <laughs> yeah. of garbage like ass film. Yeah. It sucks yeah. having like a thing you love and have thousands of in your home yeah. that the major pop culture representation of it is just diary of fountain after diary of fountain to where you're like, cause everyone then looks to you like Justin, there's another transformers film coming out. I'm like, I'm just telling you now it's going to be garbage. Like yeah. it's not going to be good. I can't defend any past the first one. Gotcha. They're awful. So, uh, I ain't got really much more questions. Do you got questions? No, I mean, I know Justin's got a gig tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, we just really appreciate oh, him man, taking I don't time. Be, I don't want to be late for this. I had, yeah. I had so much Garbage fun. salad. No, thank you guys. And uh, keep me abreast as to the downloads. 
I know I just shot myself in the foot with 30 minutes of talking about the inner workings of the business dealings of Vince McMahon. So way to go, Con. Was I drooling? Way to go. While I was sleeping? I don't or, know. No. I looked it up before we started. His eyes rolled back in like, his head during me. I looked it up. JC... I got to look at his views was like two something. We're not big, you know, we're not big in the YouTube market, but two, two fifteen. Jeremy got two fifteen. We're big in the OnlyFans market. <laughs> God, you guys should start an OnlyFans. Yes, we should. You guys should definitely. A lot do. Of, we're voluptuous. Like, we, I mean, you should do OnlyFans, where it's just, just women from just only Maryland. Fans. Just only <laughs> Maryland women from only yeah okay like, or no right. like my buddy Tommy Sabazo Waldorf right. cool oh god no 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 you want people to subscribe okay you don't want a bunch of swamp goblins crawling out from underneath some staircase uh, with a brown sea tooth donkeys. Uh, anything call yeah. them whatever you want to they're not going to talk back because they don't understand English <laughs> not damn Waldorf bunch of creatures down there but I'll tell you what I, this is, I've had a lot of fun no thank you guys yes, I appreciate this, it this was a good this was a good learning experience for me and wrestling i'll see you in three months yes you will after you watch a lot of dynamite and God, a lot of rampage i'm gonna message you i'm like if you three miss months, one I'm show three months time if you miss one show i'm out i'm just gonna go to raven's walk with a sign that says i watched it i i want to see it on your dvr i want to see it on your dvr i want i want i got it on my dvr you visible proof. i, I want a, I recaps i want to know who's taking on who and I will come back. Jim, I'll give you I'll give you hints. Is it on YouTube? Can I just watch it on YouTube? Yeah, they yeah. actually have the dark show on YouTube. Okay. But not the main program. Give them the ratings that they need. <laughs> but yeah, man. Justin, we we I, I can't describe how grateful we are for oh, my pleasure, you coming man. on, man. No, this is great. You guys got a great setup. Great Had show. To shoot my shot and say, hey, if you don't shoot your shot, the worst they can do is like not respond to you. So it worked out for us this time. Oh no, if you yeah. didn't know Lou, I'd block you immediately. <laughs> You're on a list. All right, so uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and share our YouTube page. You can listen to Justin every morning, except for this week. He's on vacation. Well, last week. By the time you hear this, I'll be back on. Right. There you go. Uh, the Wiffle Ball tournament we got coming up September 11th. Benefits the Kruger Hattrick Foundation. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, yep. Yeah, so if you haven't seen that episode, uh, we had a couple come in. I grew up with Tommy and you know his wife, and they had triplets. Short, Long story short, one of the boys had heart complications, mm -hmm. so we you know, we want to give back and help them out. That's awesome. So we're going to do a wiffle ball tournament in, in Lopo, as you would call yeah, yeah. it. And, you know. Help raise some money for them. If you mm -hmm. want to stop down and hang out with us, have a couple of drinks. Sounds like a damn welcome, good time. Man. Yep. Jim will be there spinning the ones and twos. Chew uh, Dog will be rolling my eyes every time you and I start talking about Darby Allen and Sting's relationship. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin, again, thank you very much. And uh, we're out. Mm -hmm.